Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close to the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. He's done it. He's done it. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the Raiders' official podcast, thanks to OAC Digital. Round 16 sees the Green Machine up against the Bulldogs at GIA Stadium. Great to be back home this weekend. My name's Ben Pollock and joined this week, as always, by Raiders media team Tom Logan and John Quarter. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Hi, Ben. Another big week uh, ahead for the Green Machine. Uh, starting to hit their straps, guys. Um, a couple of really good attacking performances uh, in the last couple of weeks and uh, can't wait to see it all uh, unfold again this weekend. Yeah, looking forward to playing the Bulldogs at home. Uh, it's great to be back in Canberra first and foremost, but obviously, um, you know, it's quite pleasing to see us sort of really sort of start to find our stride and attack, but no doubt Ricky Stewart and the coaching staff will be looking to sort of tighten up their defence, especially heading into the finals. Plenty to get through on the podcast this week. We're going to have a chat to Raiders rising star Harley Smith-Shields. We'll also take a look at the Titans match up there on the Gold Coast last weekend and we'll preview the Bulldogs game. But first of all, it's time to go around the horn. Another busy week at Raiders HQ here in Braddon. Plenty to get through. Uh, we'll start with the, the big talking point over the weekend. Uh, and it was great to see a talking point that's an on-field one. Uh, and I allude to the now infamous Josh Papali ankle tap. John, uh, talk us through this one. Well, when Jamal Fogarty got the ball in the in the end goal and started running through, I was like, oh, no, he's, he's through here. He's just sliced right through us. And when he got past... You know, Tom Starling and Nami, when he got past Starling in particular, I thought, okay, we've got no one, no one back there. No one's going to be able to catch a halfback. But I don't think, I didn't think I knew that um, Josh had that in his, in his locker. He was at 31.7 Ks an hour, something like that, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I've, I just don't know how, how he had that in him. And um, I was having a chat to him later. He actually started his career playing in the centres before he came down to Canberra as well, Harper. So he's... Obviously, always had that in him, but what in under fours? Under fours. <laughs> playing in, he was playing in under tens at the time. Up to sixteens, yeah. Up to sixteens. Yeah, but no, like that was rapid. It was. It was an amazing little piece of individual brilliance. Uh, look, I know Ricky said during the week that um, it probably should never have come to that. There was a few defensive things and a, and a few players under some fatigue at the time. But um, in all honesty, how good was it just to see a big man run down? Uh, and run down a little man. And Tom, uh, I thought Jamal Fogarty handled it really well. Uh, when he spoke um, for the Titans at the press conference this week. He, he had a bit of fun with it himself. And, look, that kid's going to have plenty of highlights in his career. Um, but, unfortunately, this one's probably going to be on his reel as well. Yeah, fair fair play to Jamal Fogarty. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty good how he came out and, you know, had a bit of a nice joke about it. Um, yeah, it's freakish effort from Papa. Um, shout out to the SNC staff here too, Trav and Nige, because... I don't know how they've got Papa running sort of that speed, but whatever the, whatever's going on at training is working. So, um, yeah, first and foremost, great to um, great to see Jamal Fogarty take it lightly. He even mentioned that rapper, I think, fed him after the... <laughs> gave him a few choice words after um, Papa uh, mowed him down. But, yeah, it was all good to see. Yeah, from one experienced player to one on his first game, uh, Matt Tomoko set to make his debut this week and against the Bulldogs, John. And probably coming a little bit later than he would have hoped, he was right in the frame to be selected earlier in the season, but a knee injury um, sort of set him back a little bit and gave some other guys an opportunity before him. Yeah, it was unfortunate timing. I think it was just before that, um, that Melbourne game. 
So he was probably probably in the frame there. Probably one of, would have been one of the first to make his debut. He's a he's a great player. Um, can play probably a, a genuine centre, but can fill in on, on a wing as well. Um, I actually got to see him playing local footy here in Canberra for the Belcon United Sharks. I remember watching him going, "Wow, this kid can play!" So it's really good to be able to see him uh, get the opportunity to to play first grade here in Canberra. Uh, Tommy played at the Nines earlier in the season. Uh, scored a couple of tries. Uh, in the game against the Titans in that competition, and he's got a set of wheels on him when he gets going. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think Hudson Young said it earlier in uh, one of the media opportunities that when when he asked, when he was asked, you know, what is Matt Tomoko like, he just said he's rapid. And I think that's exactly what he is. He's super quick. Movement is unbelievable. And uh, to be honest, I, I can't wait to see him. I hope he comes on and just gives the Bulldogs absolute mayhem. He's got a lot of strikes, doesn't he? Like yeah. that finish at the nines, like that one right in the corner, yeah. like him and... Um, Harley Smith-Shields like, linked up really well, so he can finish. He gives you plenty of strike. Yeah, positionally, he's probably um, a genuine out-and-out centre, so it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. where he comes into this game on the weekend. You usually see young guys uh, come in with an opportunity on the wing, so I, I think a lot's going to be dictated on what's happening in the game. Uh, as it has for all the debuts so far this season, it's sort of um, led to when they've been able to come on. We saw Semi Valame came on really early um, through an injury, uh, we saw Harley Smith-Shields get a chance later in the game. So um, it'll be one of those things, Tom, that it just sort of happens uh, on the night. Yeah, obviously we can't, you know, we don't, obviously we need to, we can't predict the future, but whatever happens on the night will sort of factor in of how Matt Tomoko plays. Um, but it just in, in general, how great is it to see so many young talent coming through the Raiders this year? Yeah, I, I really like it. Ricky's um, he's obviously rewarding these guys for the work that they're doing uh, on the training paddock because uh, there's no other football at the moment. Mm. So, you know, to give these guys a taste of first grade um, gives the coaching staff an opportunity to have a look at them as well and and see how they handle that uh, sort of first little step in their careers and and gives them a bit of a a guideline to where they're going in the future. So I I really like it and I, I wish Matt all the best on the weekend. Talking about GIO Stadium and we are back to 3,000 now. Uh, for crowds this weekend, John, and great to see an increased capacity from the ACT government so more people can get out and enjoy the footy. Yeah, exactly, double double the crowd. And um, I was just thinking this earlier, like if you were listening to the game, you weren't watching it and you were told there were 1,500 at that Broncos game, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have known it because the way that our fans and our members have just been so vocal in their support and still making it a fairly intimidating um, spot for opposition sides as well, but one of my highlights was um, when the crowd was singing "Happy Birthday" to Jordan <laughs> Rapiner. You just don't see that, and it just shows the connection that our members and fans have mm. with our players. Yeah, I absolutely love that uh, last week. And uh, look, I'm sure they'll get behind Matt when he gets an opportunity on the weekend. And uh, it'd be nice to hear the Viking clap doubly as loud as what it has been so far in 2020. So looking forward to that as well. Okay, round 15 up there on the Gold Coast, 36-16. to 16, The Green Machine getting the job done against the Titans, Tom. And it was the first half performance that really set this win up and gave the Raiders what they needed to do to get the two points up there. Yeah, definitely. I think we set the... I thought both sides actually started out really well. And I thought at first, you know, oh, hang on a minute, the Titans have come to play here. This is um, it's not going to be as easy as well, most people Well, they scored the first try. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but it was a bit of a sense of deja vu. Jack White and, um, sort of really showing how good he is with that strong running game and scoring a couple of early tries. And then I think 
at some point during the contest, you know, we sort of really sort of started to flex our muscles a bit and really sort of grind out and put points on the Titans. Yeah, Papa's ankle tap probably yeah. overshadowed Jack's performance, <coughs> excuse me, on the yeah. weekend. He was um, outstanding, John. Uh, you know, that first try uh, where he scored off that little uh, runaround play, that was just oh. really pretty footy. I mean, <laughs> you, don't, you don't often see um, moves like that in the modern game. It's normally a lot of block plays and a lot of guys trying to beat guys one-on-one, but that was just an out-and-out out, um, piece of champagne rugby league, as we called it. Yeah, I actually think it's my favourite try this season. And often when you see like those um, reels... That the you know that the NRL or different like um, broadcasters have like of the tries of the season. It's always some second phase play that's happened. But look, this was just beautifully structured. Uh, everything just was hitting hitting the players in the right spot. And Jack was just outstanding in that game. What I liked about it is I put it a bit of an exclamation mark on where the attack is getting to. We spoke a few weeks ago on the podcast, and I know a few other journos and that have mentioned it as well, but uh, the, the, the attack didn't quite look as fluent um, this season, and it's probably uh, like a number of factors, positional changes, team changes, ins and outs and things like that, but we're seeing, Tom, the reward for being able to put that same team on the field every week. Oh, it's exciting. Obviously, there's a slight disruption this week with CHN not being able to play against his former club. However, having said that, though, I think one thing that have we've really been quite good at this year is just our defence. And uh, it's been mentioned a little bit just that our attack hasn't quite sort of found that sort of uh, gear, I guess, for it to start functioning. But uh, there was a lot to like about in our attack in that win over the Titans, and it's only going to get better. Defensively, John, we need to be better. Um, after that performance, Ricky said it this week. Uh, let's have a listen to what he had to say about the team's defence and where he thinks it needs to go. Yeah, I, I was happy with the... The scoreboard at the end of the game, but I thought that um, um, we never really found any consistent uh, groove, if you want to use that word, rhythm in in our game. I, <clears throat> it was far too many uh, clean line breaks, and uh, you know we're a bit haphazard with the football, but um, certainly not taking a uh, um, a shortcut or. An easy option in regards to that uh, scenario, but coming out of what we've had to train in this week and then those conditions we had to play in was so different. You know, it's two sessions in pouring rain and wind and gusts and cold, and then coming up here today to, to this was completely different contrast in regards to the two uh, uh, environments, environments we prepared and played in. There he is, Ricky Stewart, and although we had a 20 point win. Um, over the Titans, John. Defensively, there was probably a little few lapses there. I think they made eight line breaks or something like that. So it's something that we're going to need to tidy up. Yeah, definitely. The one that probably disappointed me the most was the Keegan Hipgrave try, where they just pretty much mm. two plays straight through the middle of us a couple of times and uh, it was a pretty soft try to concede. But we know from the last probably 18 months that we know that we've got a really good defensive side. Our attack in the last couple of weeks is probably as good as it's looked at any time in, within that within that period as well. So... If we can get the two of them, uh, the attack and the defence, at the levels that we know that it's capable of on the same day, it's going to be a pretty um, hard team to stop. What did we make of the changes to the team at the start of the game? I think it took everybody by surprise. Uh, Dynamis Louie was playing his 150th NRL match. Josh Papali, obviously, uh, we know how important he is to a team to get things on the roll. And uh, we saw both of those guys and Hudson Young starting from the bench. We saw Ryan Sutton 
Joe Tarpany and also Corey Harawira and Iris starting the game. Tom, what did you make of that? I, I when I when I first saw it, I actually was quite excited to just sort of see how some of these guys would go. And I know I don't know if we've mentioned this already, but we've got to give Ryan Sutton a shout out for his uh, effort. He was huge. I, I thought he was awesome. Corey Harawira and Iris just getting better by each game and. And I think um, I really like how sort of Papa sometimes has that sort of match where he'll come off from the bench and then, um, I mean, like like Hudson Young said, there'll be in the media opportunity before, there'll be nothing worse than seeing, um, well, playing, I guess, 20 or 30 minutes and then come, and then mm. seeing Papa come on and run out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, see you later. <laughs> and um, I thought Joe Tarvano was outstanding, especially after I pretty much guaranteed last week on the podcast that he wouldn't start (laughs) (laughs) so it shows how much I know but he's been outstanding this season and I think he's gone a little bit under the radar um, but it's probably just as good as I've ever seen him play yeah look I think it's really smart because what it does it gives you an opportunity to rotate your forwards uh, give guys um, a little bit more of a, a chance to have a breather and a bit of a break and uh, and come into the game a little bit later than what they usually would because with you know four or five weeks left in the regular season, uh, it's all about you know making sure that you're in your best shape going into the finals and continuing to win along that way as well. Yeah, and like around this time of the year last year, um, a lot of the bench forwards were getting rotated through Mounties and through through mm. the bench so they could get keep their minutes up. And obviously, there's no chance to do that. So being able to start. Um, a few of these guys on the bench give them some good minutes means that we are in good shape. It's scary to also think that we could have a couple of guys come back towards the back end of the year, hopefully touch wood, depending on injury. So that's even more food for thought. Yeah, we've talked about those guys. C.S. Soliola, Emre Gula, Corey Horsburgh, all still hopeful mm. of coming back in uh, 2020. So good win up there against the Gold Coast and the shift now to the Bulldogs on Sunday night. Round 16 back at GIO Stadium sees the Green Machine up against the Bulldogs. Uh, Guys, another one of those games where the Raiders will be expected to win. However, the Bulldogs are just one of those really tough, gritty teams that always likes to get down and dirty, and I'm sure uh, this will be no different. Uh, We've had a couple of games against them in recent years, which has gone a little bit that way and and deteriorated into a bit of a slugfest, and uh, I'm sure that's the way that Steve Georgialis will have their team prepared this weekend. Yeah, he's made a lot of changes to their side this week, uh, which makes me feel a bit nervous because I guess they're sort of a side at the moment that aren't really sort of playing for anything. However, with a new coach coming in next season, all their players will be probably wanting to put their best foot forward 110% and really sort of show you know that they can still offer something to this club. Yeah, and they've been um, impressive. I think um, Raymond Fatala Marin is back this week as well. Um, he... He's a really good player. Good, really good player. Mm. Gives him plenty of strike. I think he scored a fair few tries this year for them as well. It was interesting to see Luke Thompson uh, rested this weekend. He's, uh, but yeah. I suppose uh, he's played that seven games now, I think, at mm. NRL level. And they've probably looked at his fatigue levels and, and how he's tracking and, and probably just um, look to give him a bit of a rest. It's a surprise, that one. But also, well, it's a surprise, but not really a surprise. Because, you know, I think Luke Thompson literally came straight from his hotel uh, hotel in quarantine and pretty much almost went and played straight up after maybe not even a week of training. So, I mean, understandably, they're deciding to rest him as well. And I think Jake Averillo's not playing as well. He's been rested, so a few selection surprises, but hopefully we can get the job done. Yeah, let's have a look now at the Raiders team. Thanks to Specsavers. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, Tom, just uh, Corey Harawira and I are the only uh, omission from the team this weekend, and that's due to uh, a bit of an arrangement that the Raiders and the Bulldogs came to when they signed Corey uh, mid-season that he wouldn't play in this game, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, it won't hurt him, John, to have um, a week off and, and just get himself 
reset before uh, the rest of the season. It's kind of like what you're saying with Luke Thompson for the Bulldogs. Like they need, needed a bit of a rest and get his um, body in the right way. For for Corey, he wasn't doing any sort of elite training. Uh, he's just doing stuff by himself. Our um, SNC staff have done really well to get him up to a really good level. But he's had this week where he, they've been able to. Um, Log him a little bit more, do a bit of cardio and that, which I'm sure he's enjoying. <laughs> I'd be loving it. Uh, let's have a look at the Raiders' uh, forward pack. And uh, Ricky's gone back to Nami uh, and Papa uh, starting the game. Uh, whether or not that's what happens, we'll wait and see. But you'd think that logically after that, what had happened last week, it would revert to normal. And uh, once again, those guys just lay that platform for us and, and do the big uh, big work in the middle early. Yeah, I think if we can, if those guys in particular can sort of really get sort of win the battle between the middles, I think that'll really sort of lay the platform for a good, solid performance. Should I guarantee that Joe Tarpanay won't start this week? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but like in all seriousness, though, like it's kind of what you're saying about the games against the Bulldogs. Traditionally, they have become a bit of a slugfest, so it's really important for us to win that forward battle. Mm. I reckon they'll be um, focusing definitely on line breaks. They were pretty filthy. Everyone who's spoken mm. to the media this week was filthy about the eight line breaks that the Titans had against us. So I'm expecting there to be a real defensive focus on this game. Yep. Yeah, I think that attack comes off the back of good defence and, and that's something that they're going to want to build on uh, as a pillar going into the back end of the season. So defensively, I think we'll see an improved performance and if uh, good defence um, can lead to good attack, then I'm sure we'll see some uh, good uh, tries from the Raiders again this weekend. All right, round 16 podcast predictions. Last week... John, you and I both had Tom Starling scoring a try, yeah, first general try. But um, very thankful that I get to go first with, in terms of us two without getting our predictions out there. So I'll claim the point. No half point for you, mate. No, nothing for me. <laughs> Unfortunately, you stole my prediction last week and you got the win. So uh, nothing for Tom, who had George Williams and I had uh, Saliva to crash over. And I thought he was going to there at one point, but um, he was looking for other options instead. Let's have a look at this week. Tom, what do you see? Well, I was going to go with Matt Tomoko getting a try on his debut. However, I just feel like Chance Nickel Clocks had his do a big game. So I'm going to go for Nuck, one try and one try assist. Yeah, I'm going to go something a little bit different. I'm going to go no line breaks conceded and we keep the Bulldogs scoreless for the first half. Well, that's a big Ooh, one there. They're I like defen- it. You're focusing on the defence this week. I'm sure Ricky would like to hear that. Uh, I'm going to go for something a little bit different. Now, um, we've been uh, alluded to during the week that Jared Croker is only three points, uh, I believe, behind Jason Taylor for uh, most career points in the NRL. So he needs three points to go past Jason Taylor to become number five on that list. I think you've got Cameron Smith, Hazamel Masri. Joey Johns. Joey Johns. Yep. Uh, I think Daryl Halligan maybe is maybe ahead of him. There's another one ahead yeah, of him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if he can go into fifth position on that list, he'll... Um, do it, and I think he'll do it this week with a try. So I'm going to think Jared Croker will go past Jason Taylor with a try this weekend. Well, joining us on the Behind the Line Lot podcast this week is Harley Smith-Shields. Harley, uh, welcome, mate. How are you travelling? Yeah, good, Benny. Good. Been good. Mate, you've had a uh, an interesting season. That's uh, no doubt about that. You had the opportunity uh, to start the year in a really promising fashion at the NRL 9s. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, the Nines was good. It was a good experience. Um, I was hoping there was chat about it coming back into and I was hoping that it did, obviously, and it was good to get away there in Perth with the boys. I've never been to Perth. It's, it's nice over there and the comp itself was really good exposure for us young boys. Yeah, I, I suppose that's a really good point that you make, that it, it gives those young guys an opportunity to 
show what they can do and, and obviously, um, you know, play against some NRL experienced players. Did you find that experience um, something that you could then bring into the rest of the preseason? Yeah, for sure. It just um just reinforced how much harder you gotta work. Like the speed the speed of the nines was um was something I've never felt. So really gave me a bit of more motivation to come back to preseason and get that get that fitness up. As a young player it must have been really hard um, once the COVID hit. Uh, that you know, knowing that uh, when the game came back, that there was no sort of lower division, lower division, sorry, competitions, and uh, and not really the opportunity to show what you could do at the at the start of the year. Yeah, well, it was pretty tough hearing that. Like, obviously, you work you work such a long preseason just to just to play your season, and hearing that there was no twenties that um, I could have played in as well, or there was no New, New South Wales Cup, was pretty was pretty hard. But you still got to you still got to find ways to motiv- motivate yourself and come to training every day and put in what you can and do do what's best for yourself, I guess. What we have seen, though, is that it's created an opportunity this season to probably give um, a number of younger guys like yourself, uh, Kai O'Donnell, Sammy Valame, and now Matt Tomoko, an opportunity to play first grade. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, that was, that was probably hands down the best experience of my life. You've worked so hard, you've worked so hard all your life to... Um, to get to there and once it does finally come true it's just surreal and doing it in front of the the home community was unbelievable i just felt like everyone really got behind me and there was so much support from my junior club and you guys put put that video together for me which is unreal and it was yeah it was the best week of my life for sure let's go back then to where it all began for you um you know it's a bit of a rarity in the nrl these days that you see a player um, come through a junior system um, from a young age in a local competition and then make his way up through the grades uh, into first grade. But you've um, been able to do that. Uh, tell us, how did you get into footy? Where, when did you start playing? I know your brothers um, also uh, played uh, footy as well. Tell us how you started your footy when yeah, you were I just started. Boy. I just started footy when um, my older brothers started. Um, we all started under sixes, North Canberra Bears, down, in, um, down near Kayleen Primary there. And... Um, that's where we all started. Those they, they were playing a few years before me, obviously, and I was just always eager to get into it. I couldn't wait for the time that I was old enough to be able to play, and I think I I did play up a few years um, than I was supposed to, so I could play with play with my older brothers, and then just started from there. That experience continued into your time at the Gungahlin Bulls, and um, a really special moment for you was when you got to to play alongside your two brothers uh, for the Bulls. Uh, what did that mean to you and the family? Yeah, that was that was something we always we always had a joke about at like the dinner table and that, but we never really knew if it was if it was gonna come true because um, just the age difference and we're all playing at different teams and that sort of stuff. But once we did get the opportunity to um, play at the Bulls together, it was unreal. And I'd like to thank the Bulls, like they gave us that opportunity. Um, they pulled me straight out of sixteens to to play grade with those boys, and yeah, it was unreal. I suppose that another unique situation is that your brothers were both uh, involved uh, in the Raiders junior system at different times as well. So the the football uh, pedigree is certainly there in your family. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah they both came through 16s, 18s. They both made it through 20s, um, but then injury just just sort of um, slowed that up for them. Yeah, so glad to finally be able to get one for the boys. Mate, you've got a a pretty handy record at junior level yourself. I think you've won the Player of the Year. Um, so far at pretty much every level uh, in the Raiders junior system. Um, is that sort of something that spurred you on to, to make sure that you wanted to take the next step? Because we've seen a lot of really good, talented players um, 
come through the Raiders junior system and go on to play first grade. Guys like, you know, Jared Croker, uh, Nick Kotrick. Um, there's been, you know, numbers over the years that have gone through and, and been able to, to take the step into first grade. Is that something you looked at? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I was with Nicky. I was with Nicky at Arendelle and he was playing 20s when, when we were at Arendelle together. And then once he left school, he went straight into grade and he played he played that whole season at grade, which was pretty big motivation for myself, like seeing another another one of the local kids be able to actually get out there and get on the field. Yeah, it was heaps of motivation throughout the, throughout the juniors and to just keep pressing on and yeah. Now you've had that taste of uh, footy uh, at first grade level. I'm sure it makes you hungry for more. What do you need to do to to get yourself prepared for the next chance? Yeah, for sure it does. It does make you really hungry that you know that you can you can play at that level. But you just got to keep you got to keep working on all your little extras at, at training and um, just doing what you can to get back there and hopefully be able to hold a spot one day. Yeah, mate, you've got um, a number of guys that you've played junior footy with, particularly out of that. Uh, uh, Jersey Flag team from last year that have uh, made their debut. Uh, as I mentioned before, we've seen Kai and Sammy um, so far, and we get to see Matt Tomoko um, have an opportunity this weekend. What can you tell us about Mokes? Yeah, Mokes, he's a funny character. Um, no, nah, he's good. I'm glad to see him get his, his debut. And like you said, with me, Sammy, Kai, and now Mokes, it's just, un, just unreal. We had, a really fun, we had a really fun season last year in the 20s. That was probably the best. Best year of footy I've had, I think. We we're just um, enjoying every game, and we made it. We made it to the grand final, but unfortunately, we didn't. We didn't get that done. But yeah, that was one of the funnest years I've had in football. And now that um, all the boys they're making their debut, it's really good to see. It must be um, uh, interesting though amongst the boys, you know, particularly Semi and, and Matt. They they play similar positions to you on the field, so effectively you guys are fighting each other um, for an opportunity when that comes. But uh, obviously, um, the mateship that you've been able to build up over the last few years sort of supersedes that, and you're just happy to see one of you guys get a chance when it happens. Yeah, it's like it's funny that um, playing with because I, I play with Mokes in 18s and 20s, and then Semi was there the first year I went up to Jersey Flag after 18, so. We've played together for a few years now, us three. Um, I think it would be a diff- bit different if we didn't know each other. It would probably affect the friendship a little bit, but it's never been like that for us three. Like As, as I said, last year we were all playing 20s together. We are all trying to win the comp together. So, yeah, the, the friendship comes first. Well, mate, it's been great talking to you. We really appreciate your time this week. Um, good luck for the rest of the season. And if you get that chance again, I'm sure you'll do your family and the team proud. All the best, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you again soon. No worries. Thanks, Benny. There he is, Harley Smith-Shields, joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast. That's this week. Uh, That's all we've got time for. We'll catch you next week.